Today we meet in Psalm chapter 137, singing the Lord's song in a strange land, singing the Lord's song in a foreign land. Now, let me begin by saying, reading through the book of Psalms is like driving on a divided highway through some lovely section of the countryside. And as we drive, we pass through new and beautiful scenery with a spectacular landscape on each side. The beginning of each psalm is like coming to an intersection. We casually observe the highway markers, but we proceed at the same speed, and we have the feeling of sameness. On each side of the highway marker, the view is very much the same. That is true, especially after we leave Psalm 119, celebrating the word of God. As we are traveling along the highway, all of a sudden, we come to this Psalm 137. When we come to this, we begin to slow down because we see down the highway that three flares have been thrown down. In fact, these three flares are telling us to stop, look, and listen. Now, by way of introduction, you will note these three flares. The first one is marked stop. As we come to Psalm 137, we find that it is designated an imprecatory prayer. Imprecatory simply means that it is a psalm that pronounces a case. It is a psalm that voices a prayer or a wish for vengeance. Listen to the concluding verse of this psalm. Happy the one who takes and dashes your little ones against the rock. Now, that is a red flare. Let me tell you, it is a shocker and it causes a great deal of difficulty. Many people detour around it. In fact, it would be very easy for me to avoid it. But I feel that this psalm is one that we should stop and look at. I want to know what I am believing and be able to give a reason for what I, I hope for. Therefore, with this attitude, let us come to Psalm 137, an imprecatory prayer. Although it expresses something here that sounds very terrible on the surface, let's look at it and see what it really says. The second flare tells us not only to stop but to look. That is, Psalm 137 deals with a particular portion of the history of God's chosen people. It is a historical psalm, which is very unusual. The historical books of the Old Testament do not record the history of the nation of Israel during the 70 years of captivity in Babylon. There is no record of that captivity. It is true that Jeremiah prophesied about it, but he did not go with the captives to Babylon. Ezekiel was in Babylon, but he was prophesying to the captives there. We can only draw by inference the conditions of the people. He was concerned more with his visions than he was with history. Also, Daniel was in Babylon during that period, but he was in the court prophesying to the Gentile rulers. We have no record from him at all concerning the captives. The 70 years of Babylonian captivity are a period of silence. It is a vacuum. It is a void as far as the historical books are concerned. The two books of Kings and the two books of Chronicles bring us right up to the Babylonian captivity and the destruction of Jerusalem. 
the next historical books, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, pick up the story after the 70-year captivity is over and the people are back in their land. The captivity in Babylon is passed over. So the captivity in Babylon is passed over because in God's plan, his clock stops when his people are out of their land. For this reason, we have no record of this period. This fact gives great emphasis now to Psalm 137 because it is a bridge over that grand canyon of silence. It is like a visitor point along the highway where you can pull off the road and look at some scenery you have never seen before. You don't see very much, but we see something of this silent period. Then there is the third flare which I must talk about that has been thrown down. It is listen. So stop, look, listen. The listen one, it is a question that has been raised. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Psalm 137 verse 4. I'm not sure that the question can be answered for these people. I'm not sure today that it can be answered for you and me unless we are willing to meet certain conditions. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Psalm 137 records the tragic yet tender experience of the people of Israel during their 70 years of captivity. You will find in this psalm bitter hatred and deep love. You will find a people that are overwhelmed and overpowered by their emotions. They feel very deeply about what is recorded here. What was their central experience? Well, notice First of all, the central experience of these people, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept, when we remembered Zion. Psalm 137 verse 1. Now the location is important by the rivers of Babylon. These people have had an experience that no other people have had. From the land of Goshen to the ghettos of Europe, they have known what it is to be away from their homeland, to be in a strange land. They know what it is to go all the way from the brickyards of Egypt to Babylonian canals. They know what it is to spend time in slave labor camps. By the rivers of Babylon was one place where they were persecuted, where they performed slave labor, a place where they suffered by the rivers of Babylon. The question arises, what were they doing there? To begin with, they had no business being there. God had put them in the promised land, and God had promised to keep them there as his witness as long as they were true to him. What are they doing by the rivers of Babylon? Well, the rivers of Babylon are, of course, the canals. I think it is well to accept today that these are the people who dug those canals of the Tigris and the Euphrates River, the Israelites. Those canals threaded through that section to irrigate the land. These are the people who from sunup to sundown wearily dug through that dry desert terrain by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down. What a picture of deep dejection here. What a picture of despair. What a picture of dead desperation. Dead desperation. 
There we sat down. What else could they do? Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Now, what a contrast between Jerusalem and Babylon. Jerusalem, there in the hills, beautiful for situation. Babylon down on a dry plain. The people are not there because they want to be there. They are there because their city has been destroyed. They are there because the Babylonians, a people stronger than they, had invaded their city and taken them captive. Headed them like animals and put them on slave labor. Now they are homesick. We wept when we remembered Zion. Why are these people down there on the banks of the canals in Babylon? They have grievously sinned against God. That is the reason why they are there. God had said, if you repent, I will not send you into captivity. But because you have sinned and refused to repent, you are going into captivity. Now listen to them. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. Psalm 137 verse 2. You see, these people now in Babylon, they have no heart for singing. They have quit singing now. They will not have a choir there. There won't be any song service there again. They are wailing instead of singing. They have put their harps upon the willows. They won't be needing them anymore. By the rivers of Babylon, they have hung up their harps. These instruments of praise they put on the willow trees, weeping willows. Now, I would like to challenge you today, my friend. Today, there are multitudes of Christians who have put their harps on the weeping willow trees, you see. They have lost their song. They have no harp. But they are just harping just the same about this and that. What has happened? Sin will make you put your harp up. Sin will cause you not to have a song. Remember David praying, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. When you have sinned and not are not forgiven, the song of salvation will not be sung by you. The joy of salvation will even move away from you, and you will not have a song. My friend, have you lost your song? Maybe you can remember the joy you had when you first came to Jesus Christ. Have you lost your song today? Repent, repent, and your song will come back to you. The Israelites had a critical experience. What was it? Listen to these words. For they, those who carried us away captive, asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested myth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Now the people of Babylon had heard about the singing in Israel. And when it was heard that they were being brought to the canals outside the city of Babylon, that they were colonized there and put now into slave labor camps, the people wanted to see them. The temple was burned, Jerusalem lay in rubble, and the people were doing slave labor in Babylon. Many travelers came to Babylon saying something like this, I was in Jerusalem during a feast day 
uh, those people had. They were there from all over the world. They gathered around their temple over 100,000 strong when that sacrifice was bent and the smoke ascended out from the throats of these people rose a sun that lifted me off the ground into the heavens. These people have blessed me. They sing whether you like it or not. Actually, the Israelites have been good at singing all the way from David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. So, the report went around, and when people came and heard that they were now in Babylon, they came expecting them to sing them a song. When these people met together and sang praises to God, the world heard about it. God intended the world to hear about it. Now that they are captives in Babylon, the Babylonians say, we are going out there and listen to a concert. When they got out there, the Babylonians saw the harps hanging on the willow trees. They saw these people sitting in deep dejection. Instead of singing, they were weeping. Instead of singing the Lord's song, actually they were singing another song, a song of revenge. With a sneer they said, Sing to us a song of Zion. We have been hearing about you. We thought you people could sing. They taunted and ridiculed them. Hoist us a tune. Let's hear it. They could not sing. Listen to their response. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Psalm 137 verse 4. Now with a sob in their soul, they said, We have lost our song. You mock us when you tell us to sing you a song of Zion. Our Zion is back in the ashes and rubble and ruin. We can't sing anywhere but back there. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Now the interesting thing is that the Christian is to actually sing in a strange land. We are foreigners in this world. We are sojourners in this world. The people of Israel were not, they were perfectly right in refusing to begin with. They couldn't sing. Neither did God ask them to sing where they were. They were to sing the songs of Zion at Zion. The child of God today is a pilgrim and a stranger in this world. Centuries before this time, the people of Israel were going through the wilderness with slavery in Egypt behind them. On their way to the promised land, they sang. In the lead were the Levites carrying the ark, and they were singing. Immediately behind them came Judah, the tribe whose name means praise. They went through the wilderness with praise on their lips. Today, this is the way in which the child of God is to go through the wilderness of this world. God has given us a song, and that song is the song of redemption. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? It is the appropriate thing to sing the Lord's song in a foreign land. Now, there are reasons for people losing their song, by the way. First of all, there is the natural tendency to lose the Lord's song. That is the psychological factor. Psychologists tell us that some people are sanguine in their nature. That is what they are. 
they are smiling joyful all the time regardless of circumstances. Well, on the other hand, you have the opposite. You have the melancholy who are just quiet, reserved. But the second factor is that discouragement and disappointment come to many people. Life buffets some people more than it buffets others. You know some Christians that seem to have more trouble than anyone else. Shakespeare calls it the slings and arrows of outrageous fortunes. Now the discouragements of life sometimes beat in upon even a child of God and they lose their song. We must sing the Lord's song. Then there is the third reason. Sometimes people lose their song because of sin, and which was the major reason for the children of Israel. You remember that David in his great confession recorded in Psalm 51, cried out, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. David never did lose his salvation, but he certainly lost the joy of it. That is what he asked God to restore. And in Psalm 32, he spoke of that awful, oppressive period when his sin was unconfessed. He said that his bones ached and he could not sleep. Now, why are the people of God by the rivers of Babylon? I can answer it now. They have sinned. They have lost their song. They sinned and sin will rob you of your joy, of your song. These people had a crowning experience. Notice now in conclusion the crowning experience of these people. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. You see, and under the taunting of that mob of curious Babylonians who said, Come on, let us hear something. They said, We can't sing. Then they made a pledge to God and said, O oh, Jerusalem, if I ever forget you, may my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. I will never, never, never forget Jerusalem. This is the ray of hope that there is here. This is repentance. This is a pledge of allegiance. This is saying we will become obedient now to God and we want to be back in the will of God. We want to go back to Jerusalem. This is their confession. If I forget you, O Jerusalem. Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, raise it, raise it to its very foundation. You see, Edom, their eternal enemy, was there at the time Jerusalem fell. And Edom got in the cheering section for Babylon. They got up and shouted, Tear it down, destroy it. We want to get rid of that wicked city. They remember that now. And these people who survived that experience and what they are asking for is now justice. These captives down by the rivers of Babylon felt very deeply and all were asking for was that justice might prevail. It's also true to say, instead of singing the Lord's song, they were now singing the song of revenge. O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed, happy the one who repays you as you have served us. 
Psalm 137, verse 8. Now, this is the law of retribution. It is still a principle, by the way, for the child of God today, but on a different line. Galatians 6, verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You see, he won't reap something else, but he will reap the identical thing that he sowed. What these people are saying is, Oh God, let that thing happen to them that happened to us. The law of retribution. Our Lord Jesus said, Those who take the sword shall perish with the sword. It's the same law. Now we come to the real difficulty. The last verse of Psalm 137, verse 9. Happy the one who takes and dashes your little ones against the rock. This Israelite sitting there by the canals of Babylon, dejected, desponded, being jeered and taunted to sing, says, I can't sing. His mind goes back to the destruction of his beloved city and of God's temple. He thinks again of what took place. He can see the idiomites in the cheering section, urging the Babylonians on. He sees how the Babylonians had destroyed his city. And then happened that frightful, awful thing. His wife was holding their precious little one. That great, big, brutal Babylonian soldier came to her, wrestled the baby out of her arms, took it by the heels, and with her screaming, hit its head across the rock, dashing its brains out. Remembering that, he said, because there is a just God in heaven, somebody will have to do that to the Babylonians. Whether you and I like it or not, it is already a matter of history that Cyrus the Great, through his general, did exactly to the Babylonians what the Babylonians had done to the people of Jerusalem. Is this sum for the Dark Ages? Is it outmoded in this enlightened day? Has man grown more civilized and loving so that this psalm is no longer relevant and applicable? My friend, today on every continent, strife is being fermented. The most tragic casualties are the children. Men's inhumanity to men makes this psalm very up to date. And there is coming a day when all hell will break loose in this world. But I thank God there is a God in heaven who is a God of justice and righteousness, and he is going to put an end to all sin. I'm also thankful that he is a God of mercy, and that he is not like man, but is merciful. The cross reveals his love. It reveals his holiness. My Savior took upon himself my sin. God so loved me that he gave his son to die in my place because he must judge sin. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. 
It's The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.